Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Start and end your day with the good news. The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Yes, it's me and therapist Lisa. Welcome, therapist Lisa. Hello, just the two of us today. I know, and welcome to you listening. All right, so we've got, uh, Lisa has eight powerful steps to positive thinking. And then we have a story about a grandfather and his granddaughter that so touches my heart because, you know, I'm a huge advocate of connecting the older generation with the younger generation. And I also um, want to talk a little bit, um, Therapist Lisa, uh, about forgiveness and how to handle a weird... I'm, I'm, oh. One of my pet peeves is customer service, okay? Right. So the other day, I inadvertently received an email from someone we're doing a deal with, and he said something about me to his colleagues. He called me a PIA. Okay. And I don't know what a PIA is. What is it? What? You're looking at me. What? Okay, I can't say I, on the I, radio. I'm naive. I'll write it, I'll write it out <laughs> in a little bit. It means um, that, uh, a pain in the rear. Oh. Yeah. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, it's interesting because my understanding of the whole thing, and my husband, by the way, here's the thing too, and you know, you can disagree with me till the cows come home, but I know this is true. I've told Davis before too. In this day and age, women are still treated differently. Not once in the email is there a him. It says her, 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 and her five times in two sentences. Interesting. And he said, I wasn't referring to you, I was referring to your file. Okay, mm. and so um, so it's basically a business deal involving a loan. And let's just be honest, my husband and I are extremely fiscally responsible, so right. we've got incredible credit, right? right? And so there's a lot of like vying to get our business. Right. So there's like a buildup to that, and then 30 days before the loan, that's when like everything kind of gets rocking. Mm -hmm. So the day that he said I was a PIA and that I wasn't supplying the documents he wanted was 30 days before the loan. Well, of course, I was waiting to determine that this is the guy I'm going to use right. and to sign, they call them mm -hmm. disclosures, right? right? So I sign all that. Then I'm ready to get my documents. Well, he figures I've been talking to them for several weeks, so he wanted them already, which I wasn't determined that I was going to do business with him yet, so right. I, didn't I didn't send them. So I was so appalled that accidentally someone forwarded me the email in a chain. In a so then he writes to another person involved with the deal saying how smoothly everything's going that were excellent, you know, PI, boy, you know, just perfect candidates, you know, couldn't deal with more qualified people, which I know we are because mm -hmm. we're very responsible and we never miss a bill. We pay off our credit cards every month. I mean, like we take it seriously that, you know, like the Lord has given us these things and we don't take advantage mm -hmm. of it or live above our means. And so with that said, I, that's what set me off because my husband wanted to say something right away or call the president of the company. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ah, let it go. But when he told, when he like did this kind of like two-faced thing where he said to the other person involved, oh, everything's going great, perfect, smooth. And then I wrote back, except for the part about where you called me a PIA, I said, probably not good customer service. Wow. Whoa. Then it got into this whole, here's my pet peeve too. Yeah. Just say I was having a bad day. I shouldn't have written that email. No, it was. That was an internal email. It shouldn't have been sent out. Um, I wasn't referring to you. I was referring to the file. I don't know who calls the file her. Right. Right. And so just say you did it. And I right. said, um, and then it was like this really long explanation. And then he said uh, something to the effect of, 
said something to the effect of, uh, you know, I- I'm sorry if um, you misconstrued it or whatever. Oh. So something to that effect, right. not exact words. And I said, I accept your apology, but, you know, let's agree to disagree because everyone that's read the email thinks you're referring to me, not, but not my husband. No, he's not mentioned in there. Not him. He's not a pain. Just the woman, which wow. is so odd to me. Interesting. You know? And so anyway, um, uh, so I, I said, I, you know, I forgive you. And we're still doing business with him and all. But I just think that... Um, any email you write, any text you send, any voicemail you leave, expect that it could be forwarded to someone else. So never say anything in an email, a text, or voicemail, whatever it may be, that you would not want that person to see or hear. Definitely. You know, and I think I shared this before. I had a parent who used to tell a kid that whatever you text at that time, you know, texting was really big. Um, think of it as being in the front page of, of a newspaper, right? That's a really good way to put so it. So it's like like exactly what you said. It's just that's forever. I tell my, my clinicians all the time. I'm like, you know, when you text something, it is forever there. So make sure, and that happened to me, and actually it happened on a, on a good note where a client did use my text, but, you know, it was actually, everything was appropriate and stuff. So you, every time you put something in writing, where even if you think it's very informal, you just want to make sure it's professional. That's one of the stories, too. That kind of ties into one of the stories that Mike is going to talk about. I got the headlines for the next segment with Mike Opelka and about that one journalist who had the email or whatever. Oh, that's from a the great gun. example, Yeah, I Dave. mean, that was like perfect. And then so somebody he, took this internal private message and publicized it, and then she had to, reti- and she had to resign. Here, here's how it went down. And see, I think she was being tongue-in-cheek, but boy, did it turn on her. So she's a reporter. There's a lot of pressure on you. She's out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure on you to get the story. I think she's at WXIA and uh, big, you know, big market. She's not like a, a Bush League amateur reporter. She, there's a lot of pressure to get the breaking news video, like to get that video. Right. So this man who ends up being African-American puts on his Twitter page, a lot of reporter N-words are trying to get my video, something to that effect. Again, mm-hmm. not a direct quote, but that's what he said. A lot of reporter N-words are trying to get my video. So she private messages him. I'm I'm one of those reporter N-words trying to get your video. It's kind of like if you put on your Twitter page, oh, my goodness, a lot of ambulance-chasing attorneys are trying to get my car crash case. And then an attorney writes to me, hey, I'm one of those a- ambulance-chasers sniffing after your car case. Right. Ha, 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 ha. That's what she wrote. Mm-hmm. He then took that message. He put it all over Twitter. Wow. It went viral. And she had to, quote, unquote, resign. I think that's completely unfair. Now, she's uh, Caucasian. He's African-American. He used the N-word fine publicly on his Twitter page. Right. Then she jokes back with him that I'm one of those reporters. And she has to resign. Let's be honest. She was fired. I mean, right. come on. Right. She resigned under pressure. But, you know, and I don't know the whole story from kind of what. And I could see on her point, she was probably just trying to connect with him. And yes, ha- the right? joke. Use his, you know. He his joked band. about it. Exactly. Exactly. But. Yes. Do we it have unfair, to be politically but... correct, yes. uh, boring people? Like, oh, I can't make a joke with this guy. Hello, I am a reporter, such right. as you referred to in your tweet. Although I cannot say those words, but you can. Um, you know, the m- I don't understand why certain people can use it and certain people can't. Why don't we just make the word irrelevant? Right. Why don't we just make the word mean nothing? Can't we make it mean nothing? Well, and I think in that context, it what it, it didn't did mean, mean nothing, right? Yeah, go ahead, Dave. Oh, I was just going to say, uh, even though it is very, very unfair, I it kind of serves as a reminder that these things can be taken public and these things last forever. 
Yes. And you got to be careful. I remember in college that happened a lot with teachers where people would say really scathing things in mm. emails oh, that no. you would never say to somebody's face. And yes. then you see them again and you're like, oh, I guess I am going to have to face up and, you know, like own up to what I said in the email. Like it doesn't count anymore if it's in an email. But, you know, and, and Dave, you, it's kind of at this point, too, when you put something in an email, you lose the, how that person intended it for it to say, right? You're interpreting that that person said oh, it this I've, way, I've right? had that happen where I've sent an email or a text, and if it's emotional or it's serious or the person could be upset or you're emotional, I think it's so much better because your emotion isn't properly conveyed. Correct. And they might read in anger right. into it that they you're do. not feeling. You might like be serious about something and be like, could you please, blah, blah, blah. And they might see this, could you please, right. blah, blah, blah. Exactly. You know what I mean? They might read into it, and it can you know really harm relationships whether it be work and or uh you know uh personal you're like i wasn't yelling i just had caps locks on <laughs> right <laughs> and i do that yes it's so funny because um, john my other producer says why are you yelling at me and i'm like in the middle of a live three-hour show like you might have your caps on and then i just start typing because you're typing in a message box and we're all over the country communicating with each other right. and so i'll have caps on and i'm too rushed to even like change it i know that sounds crazy mm -hmm. or i'll dave you've seen me do it halfway through the sentence yeah yeah and yeah. you have a lot of typos i have to decipher what it is you're <laughs> well, talking well and about. i use talk and text which <laughs> yeah, i shouldn't because yeah. it is so oh, bad gosh. now i you know it used to be good now i mean boy you better double check it because if you're saying something to your pastor and he was talking to text it might have a naughty word and I don't know how to take that off there like I don't say naughty words so right. why would it interpret anything I say as a naughty word it and it does it. it's yeah. so goofy well like, think a lot me. of people must use naughty words because it just makes that assumption well maybe they do and that's probably sad but think of me in my New York accent so you could oh, imagine what, right. what talk to out. text us yeah, <laughs> yeah. shock no, no. mock coffee yeah, my husband's name is mock yeah <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. funny comes out m-o-c-k yeah. mock <laughs> I'm not mocking you. I'm asking for Mark. There you go. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> All right. So um, I did forgive him. I'm, I am a okay. Christian. I need to move on. I, I didn't know whether I really wanted to use this guy to work with, but it, it is what it is. But I also don't like people who pretend really nice to your face and they're so like two faced. I don't like that either. Well, just think he's not you're not having a friendship with this guy. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're so right. Just know, OK, it's strictly business, but you still want to trust the person you're doing business. with. And we got a killer deal. Everyone so that's seen go. it's like, how would you get that okay. deal? So think of it that way, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why he doesn't like hey. me. Maybe that's why. You're a good deal I'm a, business, I'm a business i'm a businesswoman. you know yeah. i mean gosh how come guys can do that and they're like oh he's so shrewd oh but she's a right you know see yeah. i know that word that you're yes. thinking yeah yeah <laughs> we don't say those words but come on they fly around a lot and you know it's also appalling to me how many young people use really bad language and i mean naughty words again and it's like considered common and i've talked to the kids i'm like it's not professional and there is recently oh i know isn't he uh affiliated with the dnc uh and i'll have to look it up but he uses a lot of naughty words in his speeches and people are not happy about it oh see. and so i, I it's not professional no. i mean even if you use it in like i just don't think it should become mainstream that you give a speech and you use words you wouldn't want your kids to hear right i agree i'm a huge language person i love language and i have no problems with bad words but around kids or old ladies or in a, a formal <laughs> setting old ladies. like you and me Lisa. Uh, but in a formal setting it's completely inappropriate uh so i i, I think he, he i know he's um affiliated with the D, a dnc and even his own people are uh, not happy oh and by the way um did you know that there is a bernie sanders a coloring book that's kind of uh 
racy. And I don't mean like naughty, naughty, but it's like Bernie in like a Speedo. Mm. And then you can color him. It's a coloring book. It's on Amazon. Oh and I found that because he's apparently putting out a political book uh, for teens to get them active in politics. And then when I looked that up, I came up with the Bernie Sanders coloring book on uh, Amazon. And I do not want to color Bernie with clothes on, let alone in a Speedo. <laughs> no. And let me tell you something. They were using one of the professional wrestlers' bodies because that was not Bernie's body. Oh. <laughs> they Photoshopped Bernie's Are head. Sure? No. I'm positive. <laughs> um, okay, so it's um, Tom, uh, Tom Perez. Yeah, Tom Perez. Yeah, he, uh, he becomes unhinged, goes on profanity, laced, anti and then it's loading <laughs> i'm sure it's anti something about uh, conservatives uh, but yeah and people did not like it at all well that's uh, that good though that. people are saying something versus right. people accepting it anti-trump rant oh, profanity laced uh anti-trump rant okay so there we have it don't use bad words okay that's a, that's the moral of the story and don't write emails about people that you're doing business with it's bad customer service if you say something naughty about them and it actually didn't. and by the way and don't i even put in my email don't blame it on your assistant it's only your fault for writing it. Don't try to like you let the water run downstream and you know and then I would never know. blame my assistant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do it, Dave. Would you assist yourself? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only one. Because somebody the other day said that O'Reilly got that $25 million, um, you know, settlement to walk away. And they said maybe he even sexually harassed himself. <laughs> ah, it was a joke. It was a joke, people. I know a lot of you love O'Reilly. It was a joke. can't take jokes these days, though. I know. I'm Elizabeth probably going to get hate right mail now. for that. Oh, the yeah, the Bill Maher called her Pocahontas. Oh, yeah, well, because that's yeah. what Trump calls her. Because right. she, when she was trying to see your to go, face? Yes. Oh, that. Oh, that, is going to talk about it it's later, so he said. It's his favorite story. Yeah, and that, yeah because uh, when she was trying to get a job at Harvard she checked off that she was Native American and now she came out and she wasn't really and she's 32 132nd Native Cherokee or something like that and I don't know the whole story is really weird but then Trump tongue-in-cheek says calls her Pocahontas and then the Bill Maher did it and that look on her face oh, when he did my. it, it she's like, like I thought we were on the same team how dare priceless. you it was awesome. oh my goodness I, I agree I think we lost humor you know, well, because I, we're so into being politically correct, we can't laugh I anymore. I know, or you can only, like, make an aside to, like, like my nephew and I have the same sense of humor. So he sent me, uh, he made these, like, uh, rainbow-colored cupcakes, right, with, like, rainbow-colored frosting. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you are the uh, unicorn frappuccino baker of Boston. You know, but, like, <laughs> you know, then if, they, like, then if we take it up a notch and make more jokes about it and take it up a notch, like, I can only do it with him, but I can't do it with other people because, like, he gets my humor and so does that make sense? Like certain people you can joke with. And that, again, goes back to the if you put it in writing and someone else gets it, they may take what you said in, in, in right. the wrong manner or exactly. in the right manner if you really meant to say that mean but thing But you're a funny them. person, so I think more people just have to hang out with you. Oh, when I was on TV news and I used to te tease Chris Parente because he would wear like um, a bow tie a lot. And I'd be like, oh, oh like, you know, breaking news. Orville Redenbacher joining us on the set. Like, whoa, dude, what's up with the bow tie? The Does that thing spin yeah. and like squirt water? <laughs> and then to be, oh, I can't believe you were so mean to Chris Parente. I'm like, no, I'm not. I love him. I love him like a brother. But that sarcasm can be seen as like mean you know well, some people don't get it my see my family we're very sarcastic so we get that humor but there is a lot of people there's p people out there that they don't get that you know and that's sad i think we need to laugh that's probably on our list i wonder yeah we need to laugh yes all right so we have to make a choice now because we've talked so much 
therapist Lisa, yes. Angie Austin, producer Dave, we have to decide, do we do the grandpa good news or do we do your uh, story of positivity? I think we should do the positivity story. Okay, oh, let's do it. Go. Okay, so when we'll save the grandpa. It's my okay. favorite. We'll save it for right, tomorrow. It's really good. Yeah, Can we tomorrow, do it for tomorrow? Yeah, okay, exactly. it's really good. Oh, see, my favorite good story good. of the week. Yeah, it's, it's okay, really so these one. are eight powerful uh, steps to positive thinking. All right, therapist Lisa, take it away. Let's get started. Okay, we should add laughter in it. But the first one is, is focus on what you want. So that's really important. Instead of focusing on the negativity and what I, I can't do, focus on what you really want out of your life or even just just in that moment so rather than focus on how you can fail focus on what it is your your end goal what you want exactly okay. see it visualize it we've talked about it before yes. the visual board oh I love we that. talked about dream yeah. board so just really picture it and then to know that every problem comes with a lesson right so you know, Angie, in your steps, it's life is not easy. We're going to make mistakes. Maybe we have some dreams and it doesn't turn out the way we thought it should turn out or what we wanted. But everything we do teaches us about ourselves and about a situation and makes us a better person if we accept that and take that in. All right, should we go to three? Uh-huh. Oh, wow. You're like, you're into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm so kind of in. Well, I think people really overlook the power of positive thinking. And as Christians, I think that we, um, are, it's like kicking sand in the face of Jesus if you take for granted what he's given you. So why not appreciate it and strive for the best if you truly are going to be a good steward of what he's given you? Exactly. So, and, they, and then and that makes us things happen in a positive way. The uh, third thing is don't believe everything you think. And we thought, we talked a lot about that, that automatic negative thinking. Yes. Right. And they even so, have like little uh, ants, Dave, right? don't laugh. Um, little pinches or like a, like a, my, my girlfriend, she once got, got obsessed with this guy and she had a bracelet and she'd snap like her wrist to like stop thinking about him, like to get yourself out of that ridiculous, like, my uncle used to think he was going to fail a lot, so he'd never try anything, and he was really talented. And uh, he just wouldn't try because he was afraid of failure. And I think if you can do something that works for you to get out of that negative cycle of thought. Definitely. We are our worst enemies, right? So we beat ourselves down. No one else has to do that for us. Oh, we wouldn't say the things are our best friend. We no. say ourselves sometimes. So just get out of your head. Not everything you think is true. So, you know, rationalize that. Also, this is, it, it sounds like a negative, but it's really a, a positive. Dwell in gratitude. So many that. people can't take We like, do the golden great. list, yeah, uh, the kids. And yesterday yeah. when I asked them for their um, their rose, by the way, Hope's doing so much better at school. Good. Um, one of the girls uh, was so sweet to her, and I called the girl's mom and said, your daughter was so nice to my daughter, because now that she's separated, Hope separated from the, the girl that was bullying her, and then she didn't have a group anymore, you know, right. friends. Uh, this girl really welcomed her, and then she's sitting by them at lunch and everything so I called her mom I said I just want to say thank you so much hope I had the worst day yesterday and your daughter was so kind to her and hope took a little troll doll for her to school oh, to thank awesome. her yeah yeah it was really cute you yes. know and even what you did with that mom you know who takes their time of day to call a mom and thank say her, thank you, you know? so much for your daughter doing that and yeah. think about how good that feels that you know when someone just appreciates us or thanks us for what or we appreciates did. how you're raising your right? kid I mean oh that's the ultimate compliment definitely okay. and we do oh, by the way the other day she said I don't have a thorn as she said oh. yesterday I said do you have a thorn nope no thorn and oh. she'd been having such bad days so that was good I give the you know the rose right. and the thorn and I learned that from someone on the show remember that the girl was sitting right over here and yeah, she that was great I go, what is the rose and the thorn I do we use it every day and we do the golden list five things you're grateful for that's important
and yeah. know that there is a reason for everything. We do it, for, you know, so if we make mistakes or if it doesn't work out, there's a reason for that. And we just have to yes, figure it out. Yes, all things work together yes. for good for those who believe in him, right? Yeah, that's, you know, scripture. It just says that. Okay, therapist Lisa, where do we find you? It's lifesupportinstitute.com. Hmm, excellent. All right, Michael Pelko with The Blaze is coming up next. That story that Dave just mentioned earlier about the woman having to step down as a Fox reporter because uh, the guy used the N-word on his Twitter, and then she jokingly used it back with him, and then he made it public, and she had to resign. But we'll explain it all coming up next on The Good News. The Good News of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670KLTT.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie with the good news. I want to tell you about Caitlin. She's seven and she lost her mom to cancer. And we have Adam Katz on the line. And Adam has an idea of how we could help her. For $65, we can sponsor Caitlin for a session of equine therapy. And now Caitlin lost her mom, Adam. And with the Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation, you help kids like Caitlin. Tell us how it's helping her. She loves the equine therapy. She always comes into the ranch very quiet. But as soon as she sees her horse, she just lights up. And for that hour, she has no cares in the world. Such I love a it. Beautiful thing to see. So for just $65, uh, we can sponsor Caitlin for one of these sessions where she gets to ride a horse and uh, work through her loss. Again, at just seven years old, she lost her mom to uh, breast cancer. The Doreen Katz Memorial Cancer Foundation helps these kids be kids. Adam Katz is my friend. I highly recommend this charity. And if you'd like to sponsor Caitlin, give Adam a call. 720-530-9482. 720-530-9482. And that is DoreenKatzMemorial.org. Thank you. Adam. Thank you, Angie. For over 120 years, the Denver Rescue Mission has been providing services to those in need and the homeless in the metro area. It is the oldest full-service Christian charity in the Rocky Mountain region. Since its conception in 1892, it has expanded to helping the homeless and hungry to provide services for men and single mothers, offering programs such as rehabilitation for those suffering from addiction and abuse, education and career centers, family services, and life restoration. The Denver Rescue Mission is always in need of your assistance. You can help this growing organization by donating clothing, food, furniture, and more at any of the drop-off locations. For more information on their services, ways you can help, and to donate online, go to denverrescuemission.org. denverrescuemission.org. Changing lives in the name of Christ. Michael Palco with The Blaze joining us for, with some of the top trending stories of the morning. We've got a lot to talk about, Mike. Let's uh, start with the wall. Uh, so what, there's no funding for the wall in this new budget. What about our wall? Where's the beautiful wall? Well, here's my take on this, Angie. And no, in the current agreement between everybody in Congress, there won't be any funding for the wall. As a matter of fact, there's language that says no money's to be spent on a wall. But there is increased security. And you want to know what I think is really happening here? I think this is Donald Trump, brilliant negotiator. Okay. Because between now and October 1st, we have five months. It's five months. Donald Trump is a guy who plays the long game. He's not playing short time here. He gets this deal. The government's funded through September, right? Yes. And what happens at the end of this week? They shove through. Guess what? what? They shove through health care. That gets done. You don't need a single Democratic vote to get health care done. If that happens, then you move on to tax. 
And then when you have to do a new budget in the fall, then you can shove in your wall funding, et cetera. And that's going to be long term as opposed to thinking just about five months of spending. I think Trump is a guy who's using his negotiating skills here. Oh. He gives him a he gives them a little candy today. Yeah, yeah. They think they win. And, and a whole Easter back. basket later. That's right. Hmm. So well, it's the I art of the presidential deal. Exactly. Or in your Thank terms, you. the art of the candy deal. Yes. <laughs> so that's how I see this. Okay. I, I think this is what's going on here. Well, that's interesting. All right. I'm glad I asked you about that one. That's very interesting. Okay. Uh, another one of uh, trending this morning has to do with... Uh, uh, Matt Walsh talking about the climate, and we recently had Matt w- Walsh on. He's a cool, you know, writer, a millennial, uh, and he says he can't take the climate alarmist seriously until they start driving a horse and buggy uh, like the Amish. Is that right? Yeah, and you know, Matt's one of those guys who likes to point out hypocrisy when anyone on the left, or and sometimes people on the right are out there saying it. It's like when you used to have a vegetarian come up to you or somebody from PETA come up to you and they've got beautiful leather shoes and a right. leather belt and the a belt. leather purse. And I go, right. hey, where'd that belt come from? No kidding. Yeah, really? What store did you buy that leather belt? So Matt's just pointing out that if somebody's up there screaming about the climate and they're not driving a horse and buggy, then they are in fact hypocrites. And he takes apart the old argument. You know, they always see, say, 97% consensus. Well, that are that whole argument about 97% consensus, that is a lie. It was 97% of the scientists they surveyed, and they didn't even survey 100 scientists. Hmm. So that's that's part of that. But yeah, yeah Matt, Matt's spot on. Right. So the, the vegan wearing the leather belt per shoes is like the uh, climate alarmist who drives a car and uh, uses the air conditioning, which you inform me is OK. And, uh, you know, d- does everything within their home, uses the old hairspray and all the appliances, blah, 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 blah. Well, it's like when uh, Leonardo DiCaprio goes to like one of those conferences about saving the earth and he takes his private jet. <laughs> Yeah, he flew private to get to the the march this weekend. I told you, I saw the the sign that said, this was so important, I flew United to get here. Oh, my goodness, that's hilarious. They're clever, those climate people, aren't they? Yeah, they are very clever. All right, I want to talk about uh, uh, Kim Jong-un and Trump. Now, again, a lot of times we make fun of things he says, but you're right. He's a very good negotiator, and he also compliments people because you don't get a deal done by telling someone they're an idiot, right? Like, I'd really like to make a deal with you or not start a war with you when you're really stupid and you're fat and you're ugly. That doesn't work well. So he's apparently complimenting um, Kim Jong-un's intelligence. Is that right? It's just kind of, I got a giggle out of the headline. Yeah, I liked it. He called him a smart cookie, you know, which is it's just like talking to your dad. He's a pretty smart cookie. Right. About <laughs> your dad. I, or my I, mom. He's a good egg. He's a really good he's egg. A good like egg. Kim Jong-un. He may not be a good egg, but he's a smart cookie. <laughs> right. But so, you know, you, you obviously then immediately say, wait a minute. He reportedly fed some of his rivals to angry and hungry dogs. Right. And blew people up. on. Yes. But. I think you're exactly right on what you're saying here, that Donald Trump is doing exactly what a good negotiator would do, is that soften him up with a little bit of uh, kindness and then go in for the powerful negotiations. We don't have diplomacy with yeah. North Korea. Yeah. We have never, ne- nothing. We nothing. Have 
nothing going on. Nail. So, yeah. Nada. So this is this could zip zero zilch <laughs> nada. Uh, I could we could go on forever. Yet nothing. Uh, so uh, we don't know. So I think this is an interesting move. My favorite moment about this though happened uh, yesterday on CNN when they were trying to ask people about the about the comment, about the the statement, smart cookie. Yeah. And they got this Asian woman on who was talking about smart cookie or about Kim Jong-un. And they said, well, what did you think about the president's statement uh, that he's a smart cookie? And this Asian woman stared at the camera and she goes, I am not sure what the term smart cookie means. <laughs> and I'm just funny. dying. I'm <laughs> dying because I'm going, nobody checked with this lady. She right. goes, I think. I think if you mean he is shrewd, then yes, I could agree with that. Yes. But it was just funny because she did. She had no idea what they were talking about. It's the old school Donald Trump terminology. Speaking of which, yeah. I thought it was pretty savvy. You don't often see presidents putting out first 100 days ads, like their own marketing campaign touting how great they are. I kind of got a giggle out of that. Is it like running for president next time, like already? Well, this is branding. Remember, this is the guy whose whole skill was about branding. This president was very good at creating something, and now the campaign put out a TV ad basically combating what we've been hearing from mainstream media. So I, I have to give them credit for this one. When's the last time any president did this? I yeah. can't remember this at I, all. No, me either. Me either. All right, I have to get a little bit more on the, the hero neighbor's dramatic rescue of the infant and toddler trapped in rushing waters. So the flooding, the, the storms, uh, the water's rushing. Uh, this is a truck uh, in Texas, right, that goes into uh, floodwaters, basically, or they overtake the truck. And inside the truck that's overturned now, right, is a baby yeah. and a toddler and a father. And you've got like a, um, a guy who's older and a couple of other guys out there. And the water is so strong, it's knocking the older guy over as they're trying to. And they can't get the doors open because the water's rushing against one of the doors. Yeah, the pressure inside the car oh. and the water pressure is preventing them. And now the truck is turning with dad and the toddler and the infant inside. And you just don't know where people get the strength to do this, much less the courage. And they said, you know, these uh, there are up to six men trying to get those doors open and get the oh. kids out of the back seat. But the, the, the water was so powerful. Look, it's moving a, a, a piece of machine that's right. several thousand pounds right. down the current. And they finally got the infant out. Uh, it took them a while, but the infant looked lifeless. Oh. And the guy put his phone down and started applying CPR. And they said, geez, please, please, dear Jesus, let this baby breathe. And whew, the first prayer she said, she felt a response from the child. Wow. Powerful stuff. Oh, my. So they're all rescued. Yep. Wow. All right, yep. Michael Pelk with the place. Both taken to the hospital. Both taken to the hospital. The, the guy said, my son is stable. The infant daughter is improving. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Uh, a top trending story on the blaze, Mike, has to do with a reporter who was fired because she was in a Twitter exchange with someone whose video she wanted to use, like on the news. Can you explain this? She's a local NBC reporter, and now she stepped down and she used the N-word and called herself like an N-word reporter or something like that? Well, here's the deal, people. People. Can every, can, all right, every. Everybody, let's gather around and listen up. Gather around. Before you get into a Twitter war, 
right? Check yourself so you don't wreck yourself. This is a Atlanta reporter, Valerie Hoff, who's she was a big deal until Saturday when she actually in a private message, which you think might be okay, but let's face it, if you send someone oh, no. a private message, they can make it public. Oh yeah. And she said, I was quoting something the gentleman said in a public tweet back to him in a private tweet, but it doesn't make it anything that's le any less offensive. She said, I'm stupid, it was reckless. It was a pressure filled day trying to chase down a video of a guy being beaten and kicked by two police officers. And after it got posted, she offered to resign immediately. Well, and, so, listen, and, um, and there is a lot of pressure from your, you know, your bosses to get these stories. Valerie Hoff at uh, Atlanta's WXIA. So obviously not like a Bush League reporter. She's, you know, had a career. She's in a big market. So uh, it's a shame that she didn't handle that properly. And uh, she violated company policy and resigned. She did. She did. And she, she said that she said the guy told her that a lot of news N-words were asking for permission to use the video. And um, she oh. reached out to him and said, I'm one of those news N-words. Okay, well, that's a little different. If he says a lot yeah. of news N-words are looking to use my video, and then she says, I'm one of those news N-words, I'd like your video. She's trying to be kind of like tongue-in-cheek, like to have some camaraderie. Ha, 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 you said that, and I'm one of them. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's always be like, hey, a lot of ambulance chasers are trying to get my case. And then they write, hey, I'm one of those stinking ambulance chasers. I, I, now I get it a little bit more. I think they might have acted a little too extreme in uh, forcing this resignation because she knows she didn't just re resign for the fun of it. Well, he took exception only when he found out she was white. Oh, okay. So there is a little bit of <sighs> hypocrisy there. It's yep. and I'm the guy who says language is language for everybody. Yeah. And if you're offended, tell people you're offended, but it's everybody's language. In this right. case, this woman says she's gonna look forward to a little time off with family. Well, he used she'll the be, language I'm first, sure she'll be. interestingly yeah, enough. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But, but he's allowed to and kinda, she's not. It's kinda like giving somebody the finger on the highway. The first person to give the finger has all the power, the return finger. Not so much. A top trending headline this morning has to do with an EPA kids website. It's kind of interesting. This is really like when you think kids, you think, oh, you know, butterflies and, and you know, uh, unicorns and uh, rainbows. No, they're like they're selling it to you. Yeah, this is the story of Acid Rain Kids site, which is telling us the tale of Lucy Lake a lake that lives in the mountains mm -hmm. and the sick animals that are all around her. They're all dying uh, and being poisoned by acid rain. Yes. That's a horrible kid's yes. book. It's a terrible kid's book. I just wonder how long this is going to stay on the EPA website. Because <laughs> as you know, the, the um, uh, Trump administration has already started cleaning up the EPA site to get rid of all the propaganda from the previous administration. So I'll bet you this one isn't out there too long. So you have to hurry up and so see So it. It, uh, the EPA website teaches kids to avoid fossil fuels, car cars, and air conditioning. And Lucy Lake is like dying, and you've got sick animals all around the lake, you know, getting ill well, from Lucy, Lucy Lake. Lake and her friends, Sammy Spruce and Wendy Wind. Yeah, and Franny Frog. I forgot about Franny Frog. Franny Sorry. They're, they're all dying from acid rain, right? All right, uh, real quickly, the Canadian National Anthem um, – but our national anthem was sung in Canada. Explain this. 
Yes, we had a playoff hockey game between the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. Actually, they're just the Anaheim Ducks now. And the uh, Edmonton Oilers up in Edmonton in Alberta. And the uh, country singer got up to sing the American National Anthem. He was wearing his Edmonton Oilers jersey, but the microphone started messing up. So the 18,000 people gathered, like 99% of them wearing jerseys for Edmonton, started singing the American National Anthem, and they sang the whole thing. Wow. They sang the entire – it's very impressive because I have to tell you, the Canadian National Anthem – this is what I know. Oh, Canada. And then I know the end where you go, we stand on God and thee. But that's it. That's all I know. They knew all of it. The so whole thank thing. you, Canada. Thank yeah. you, Canada. All right. Another top trending story, which I think might be this top trending story is your favorite story of the day. Bill Maher calls Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas during an interview. And then her reaction apparently is priceless. First of all, let's take a step back. Why is Bill Maher calling Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas? Because he can. (laughs) No, uh, this is he was really he was trying to relate to her that. Um, that that Donald Trump and his audience were very different than Elizabeth audience and her Elizabeth Warren and her fans. And she was like, no, 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 no. I don't think there is that much difference. And Mar says, come on, Pocahontas. They don't like you. And when he called her Pocahontas, I thought her face was going to break and fall off. It is. It's a great piece of video. It's only like twenty seconds. Oh so yeah. So it's a it's a wonderful thing to see. So okay. I, I I'm I'm very keen on this one. I think I've watched it five times today. You are so funny. All right. <laughs> last but not least, there is a menu item that's very common. A lot of people really enjoy it, and it's a familiar restaurant item that has been blasted for its casual racism. So it's like the casual racism salad. What is it? Yes, I'll have the casual racism style. Yeah, mm-hmm. but dressing on the side, dressing on the side. <laughs> You're killing me. Racism on the side, racism on the side, with the dressing, with the dressing. Can I get the Asian chopped salad with a side of racism, please? It's, it's Can we split that? that? Can we split that? Is there a split charge? <laughs> this is uh, somebody who's just looking for trouble. Looking Can for you trouble. Can you imagine? Calling the yeah, Asian some... salad racist? Yeah, it's Asian. Well, now, when you go to some restaurants, they say it's General Chow's salad, General Sao's salad, the the Chinese chopped salad. You're now, and some people use the word Oriental. And, you know, I thought you were allowed to use that in inanimate objects like rugs and stuff. It's an Oriental rug, but it's, you can, you can't call a person an Oriental because yeah, that yeah. is offensive. Yes. So it, it's hard to figure out what the rules are, but this is from Bonnie Sue. T-S-U-I. She writes American Chinatown, the people's history of five neighborhoods, which, you know, you're getting upset about either the Asian emperor salad, the China Island salad. Everybody knows what's in it. Uh, I will tell you this. Years ago in the South, there were a chain of restaurants called Chinese Takey Audi. I've never heard of that. Yes. No. So Chinese takey Audi. That to me, that that that's offensive. The Asian salads like I don't think anyone's trying to be racist. No, no, because the you know what you're getting with the Asian salad. You're getting chopped up vegetables. You're getting the 
mandarin oranges around mm-hmm, the side mm-hmm. and like a Some sesame dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 the sesame dressing. almonds, dressing. yeah. The, the, the fattening yeah. crunchies. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Delicious. But so this lady's all upset. You can see it and <sighs> figure out if she's kooky or not. We're going to have to have a manual for how to say things. Now Now I'm going to be nervous at like a Chinese restaurant to ask for the Asian salads. I'm probably going to have to order soup. And don't even get started there. Okay. You know, there's going to be a problem there. <laughs> I know, the wonton soup. You're right. Oh, yeah, my gosh. See? The war wonton soup. That's like asking to go to war with North Korea. You know what I mean? We're going to get in all kinds of trouble for that. Big trouble. Right. I'm just going to start. I'm going to start ordering um, those Pillsbury Space Food sticks and just eat those. That's yeah. going to be my entire diet Sorry, from now on. Cereal. All right. Michael Pelko at The Blaze. Where do we find you? You find me on theblaze.com, click on the channels, find my face, and please follow me. I'm trying to get to 15,000 followers oh. before they fire me. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm going to get there. Wow. Well, maybe we should please. hold off so they don't fire you so soon. Excellent. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Angie. Hey, this is producer Dave with the good news. You know, Angie's always talking about how much she loves YMCA of the Rockies, but I don't ever get to talk about how much I love YMCA of the Rockies. YMCA of the Rockies in Estes Park is located just between Estes and Rocky Mountain National Park. It is the best place. I grew up going there. I went to summer camp when I was a kid. I actually went through the leadership program. I was a camp counselor at YMCA. It is one of the best things. It shaped who I am today. It is really the ideal vacation for everyone. You can do a vacation there. You can have a reunion there. They have weddings. If you want to take your coworkers there, they have conferences. It is the most affordable thing. You don't have to leave the state to go on a really good vacation. If you just want to hang out, you can do that. Or if you want to go on an epic adventure through the mountains, you can also do that. At YMCA The Rockies, they put Christian principles into practice through programs, staff, and facilities in an environment that builds healthy spirit, mind, and body for everyone. It is so affordable. Go to ymcarockies.org for all the information you'll need. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like to tax write off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Bark Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items and leave you your tax write off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303 303- 238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items items about once every month or two and I call 303-238-JANE and they come right to my house with the truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Hello, it is Angie. So does tech get in the way of your world, your home, your family? Uh, we're going to talk about the tech habits changing the American home. Uh, Arlene Palacane, author and speaker, specifically wrote about this in her book, Growing Up Social, uh, Raising uh, Relational Kids in a Screen-Driven World, that she wrote with uh, her co-author, Gary Chapman, uh, who also wrote The Five Love Languages. Welcome, Arlene. Good to be here, Angie. All right, so tech habits changing the American home. Let's talk about what we can do to make sure we have a well-balanced home life and we uh, you know, raise kids who are relational. 
Yeah, it's very important. You know, they did this recent study and they found that 78% of parents, almost 8 out of 10, said it's harder to raise a child today than it was a generation ago. And a huge part of that is technology because the technology was not here. So there are two habits in particular that can be a bit troublesome. And one of them is the existence of the smartphone in the bedroom. Because what is happening is so many adults and children are sleeping with their smartphones smartphones and the statistics are a full seven in 10 parents say they sleep with their phone next to them. And uh, alarmingly, parents say that the kids are even more likely to take their phones into their rooms with them. So uh, more than eight in 10 parents of teens say their kids take their phone to bed and more than seven in 10 parents of preteens, your tweens, say the same thing. And so you know what that means is that if people are texting during the night, people are waking up, if your phone is right next to you, it's probably the first thing you're going to look at when you wake up. And really the first thing you do when you wake up isn't, you don't want to be like, oh, let me see how many emails I have so that I can start stressing right now. You know, so you don't want that mm-hmm. and you don't want that for your children either. So the no. first habit to, to deal with is, you know what, let's get those phones out of the bedrooms. Let's charge them in a different room. And unless you are an emergency worker that has to be on call, you most likely your teen uh, and your tween is not an emergency worker who needs to be on call. So the first thing is to get those phones out of the rooms. And then the second habit is video games. It's just, you know, there's the television watching, but technology uh, obviously is used in huge amount of times for video games. And it used to be that a child had to have a like a big chunk of time to go to a console, to go to a different room, set it all up and play a video game. But now since they're in our pockets, you know, any, you know, two, three minutes you have spare, any five minutes you, you can just pull it out and start playing. And then of course, so many of the video games are um, designed so that you want to play the next level, that you need to stay on, that you've got to, you know, get that challenge. And so you see video games really dominating a lot of times, uh, four and 10 parents parents say their kids play video games regularly after school. And uh, in one way, that doesn't seem like that many. But if you're a parent, you know, there's a lot going on already after school. And then you think, oh, my child is spending, you know, half an hour, an hour, whatever it is playing video games. So really have that uh, uh, be mindful of how addictive in nature the the types of games your children are playing, because that's an important question to ask. And I think that by setting an example now um, with our phones and with our work computers, our, uh, our tablets, uh, that the kids are going to model our behavior. And yeah. right now, they really want my attention. And I know that I better show them now that I can tear myself away from that and pay attention yes. to them, or they won't do it for me in the next couple of right. years when they get their phones and other things, which they don't yes. have now, and many of their friends already have. And yeah. uh, for instance, also uh, t- texting and things like that, if you tell them not to do that in the car and you do it, um, right. even if you're at a stoplight, they're probably going to model your behavior as well. Last night, my son wanted my husband to uh, listen to his World War II um, presentation with his little Willie's Jeep and the big board and the questions about the date that it started and all these other things. And he was was paying bills in his defense. But then when he was done, he was super tired. He worked a 14-hour day yesterday. And then my son said, yeah, dad wouldn't uh, you know, stop on his computer and watch my presentation. And I said, well, he's paying bills, but he's done now. Now you can do it, right? Right? Can't you, honey? And even though it was late and he was tired, yeah. he went to my son's room and let him go through the whole presentation. Oh. And it's hard when you're really tired, you know, let's be honest, but it means a lot to them. 
it's very exciting for them to get their parents' approval, particularly their father's approval in yes. this instance. Love it. All right. So uh, this is, again, uh, being aware of the tech habits that are changing the American home and to make sure that your home is still based on love and family and what's important. Yeah. All right, Arlene, where do we find you? The book is Growing Up Social, and the website is ArlenePelican.com. Thank you, Arlene. Thank you, Angie. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.